Welcome everybody back to Top Shelf Talks Hockey Stripes Edition. Well, this week, guys, I'm going to go over some stuff that I experienced here early on in the youth hockey season. Thought I'd share it with everybody, so hopefully it would prevent you from having to go through the same experience that I went through. Early in the season, we always seem to have the same thing. New kids are coming on the ice especially at the lower levels, got equipment issues. Maybe they haven't got all the equipment or it's used equipment they borrowed from their brother or sister and uh, or some other player. It's just something we have to kind of deal with early on in the season. As the season goes on, I think things kind of settle in. Everybody gets used to the equipment if they're new. Some players upgrade their equipment or whatever. I just wanted to go over some of the rules that go around equipment because in the last two games that I've – it was U14 – started to have some issues, and it revolved around mouthpieces. Uh, but we'll get to the mouthpiece part here in a minute. But just wanted to kind of give everybody some of the things that I try to do before, during the game to try to alleviate any equipment issues or penalties resulting from equipment issues. Basically, during the pregame warm-up, kind of just take that warm-up period to kind of just take a deep breath, work with your partner if it's your first game of the day. When I do the pregame warm-up, I'll, I'll go over to the coaches uh, down here in the south, they ask us to have the coaches sign roster sheet, make sure there's no roster changes, which is kind of a good practice because it forces the, the officials to go over and actually interact with the coaches before the game, which is the intent. But I introduce myself, get their names or whatever, who's the head coach, because you might have two or three guys or ladies on. And once I do that, I usually just ask very kindly, hey, coach, are all of your players equipped and ready to go? This was something that my mentor taught me a long time ago, Joe. Just ask that question because if you ask that question, you've already kind of given them the warning like, hey, I'm asking you, are your players equipped and ready to go? That way, if there is an equipment issue that you see during pregame warm-ups or during the game, you can say, hey, coach, I asked you if your team was equipped and ready to go, and you said yes. It gives you some latitude when you're dealing with the equipment issues because I know especially with the mouthpieces because the mouthpiece rule is a little bit different. Uh, and sometimes I think people skip over it. Squirts, or what we would call U10s, are not required by USA Hockey to mouthpiece, but U12s and higher are, and I think it kind of gets skipped, especially if you're working on the U12s. It's under Rule 304, Protective Equipment, and it, for the mouthpieces, which seem to be the one that we always end up having to have issues with, it's under Subrule F. It says all players, including goalkeepers, in the 12 and under youth and girls through youth 18 and under, including high school and girls 19 and under age classifications, are required to wear a colored, non-clear internal mouthpiece that covers all of the remaining teeth of one jaw, customarily the upper. It is strongly recommended that all classifications that all players wear a mouthpiece form-fitted by a dentist. The first violation of this rule is a, the team, and I use the word team, shall be issued a warning. A misconduct penalty for equipment violation shall be assessed to any player or goalkeeper of that team for subsequent violation during the game. By asking the coach, hey, you equipped ready to go, that could be construed as your warning. However, use that latitude very widely in my, just my recommendation. However, a situation that came up with us was we had actually started the game. Game was playing on. We didn't notice it at first, uh, but during the face-off, my partner noticed that one of the centers was not wearing a mouthpiece. He didn't even have a mouthpiece available. So he said, you have to wear a mouthpiece. Where's your mouthpiece? It's in the locker room. Okay, we'll go get it. <laughs> so that technically be be considered the team warning. At that point, we probably should have gone over and addressed it with the coach. 
However, he tossed that center because the kid had to go to the locker room. The next center comes up, you know, gets replaced from the bench. He comes up. He doesn't have a mouthpiece. Okay, so now we've tossed two centers. The other team, it just happened that faceoff was on that side of the ice, which obviously I'm hearing the chatter in the background since I wasn't doing the faceoff. And at that point, we had to issue a delay of game because we've now kicked two centers out of of the faceoff. So now i got to deal with that situation with the coach. I went up to the coach and said, hey, two people haven't had a mouthpiece. How many more are there? And he says, I don't understand. He kind of acted weird about it or whatever. I said, well, i got to give you a delay of game because the two guys that came up weren't equipped. That's a delay of game. Two centers get kicked from the circle. He accepted that. And then a kid that came up to replace, you know, after the penalty was issued for the bench buyer penalty, we continued on. And then at the next stoppage, coach tiles a timeout. Okay, timeout. He sends literally the entire bench to the locker room to go get the mouthpieces. He had enough players that had the proper equipment to actually in you know after the timeout to do the face-off play so he didn't get another delay a game once we had a stoppage all the kids came back on and we resumed the game but i think the key part about it is is that you need to address that stuff at the pregame so note to myself is moving on when i start doing you know games here in the season i'm going to overstress mouthpieces equipment those kind of things with the coaching staff before the game that way immediately I'm like, hey, here's your warning. You know, you're ready to go. Uh, otherwise, we'll start issuing misconduct penalties. Now, I hate to issue a misconduct penalty to a kid because of a mouthpiece because it's 10 minutes he has to sit for a game that's probably most of them are 14-minute periods. is isn't like an entire period. For a young person, that's like an eternity uh, for something over a mouthpiece. So that's what I'm trying to avoid uh, when it comes to the mouthpieces. But it, the clear thing for everybody on this podcast is uh, it's U12 and up. U10s, high, highly recommended. And the other thing, too, is somebody came up to me and said, well, what about, it was after the game, well, what about if my kid has braces? Well, you have to take this rule to your orthodontist and say, I need a mouthpiece for my kid that meets these requirements. They will make them. But dentist or, or orthodontist will make them for them. It's, you're not the first person to play sports and has to meet this requirement that wears braces. Be non-clear, so that you know it helps us be able to see it. They don't care what color, as long as it's not clear. That way, you can help see it. I know Patrick Mahomes. You see him on TV all the time. He has a clear, you know, mouthpiece. That's no good. You got to have one that's non-clear. A couple other things too in the adult classification that I know has happened to me here and lately is uh, chin straps. We've had some chin strap uh, issues where players, I don't know, the chin straps broken or what in the world's going on. Uh, but they'll use a piece of tape or they'll use, uh, worse as a lace, <laughs> you know, cut up lace, something along that lines to use as a chin strap. But it's clear that a chin strap needs to be properly affixed to the helmet. And in a lot of cases, they need to do an HECC approved helmet. And if you find out that a piece of uh, shoelace was a tin trap that probably doesn't even meet the helmet requirement. Again, a lot of latitude. I know that if you start seeing it in the adult leagues, my recommendation, go to your you know local supervisor. They can address it with the adult league director and say, hey, you guys need to start wearing properly fastened chin straps and have the properly approved HECC helmet. Because otherwise, you know, something does happen, then it's big problems for everybody. Also, it's something that's been coming up, and I know there was a player that was injured of a skate uh, somehow making contact with the neck. It's not a rule yet but they're looking at putting what they call laceration. I've seen where it's kind of a neck roll 
piece that goes between the chin and the shoulder and that heaven forbid at a skate came up or a stick or, or some kind of sharp object came up in there, it would protect the uh, neck from being lacerated in Ohio, the OHSAA high school, high high school athletic association. They implemented this a few years ago when I was up there officiating, they had that in place I think USA Hockey probably with the rule change, my just my personal opinion is I think they're probably going to go this direction. I did get a letter from them that they are sending stuff out to encourage that people wear a laceration protector. Registered USA Hockey official, you should have got the same the same letter. Again, it goes back to the same thing. We just have to make sure at pregame warm-up that everybody's properly equipped and ready to go and uh, that you're not having to interrupt in the middle of the game because of some equipment thing that we missed. I hope we don't get to a point like back in the day where, you know, you have to go around and inspect everybody's equipment. We, we just don't have time or resources to do that. But I think we need to make sure that the coaching staff for these young players, you know, these have all the equipment properly. Uh, sometimes I know I've seen in the rec leagues, again, use your latitude where they've used um, socks that were really not made to fit the player. Maybe they're too big or too small. And then they tape them and whatever. Again, as long as it's not causing some type of harm or potential harm to another player, uh, you know, understand that they're you know some of these kids don't have the resources and they're just kind of doing what they can do to get out there. Again, as long as it's protecting them in the manner that it was designed, you know, hindering or problem for another player, I think you're pretty much good to go. I came across here lately is uh, running clock. So a lot of leagues, and again, you need to check with the tournament or the league. A lot of them have mercy rule, whatever you want to call it. I don't like mercy rule, but it's basically running clock in the third. It's coming, you know, again, the idea of that is to have one team lopsided and, you know, cause injury or, or something crazy happen that could have been avoided because it's such a lopsided game. I know in ours it's a five, five or six over. So if one team is five or six, run it. Now, understand if they, you know, shrink the gaps of the team that bottom end of it comes up and, you know, have to do a stop clock again. So some things to look out for when you're doing tournaments, just make sure that you review the tournament rules and, you know, ask questions, say, hey, what's, you know, the lopsided running clock rule? And most of them will tell you whatever they've designed. And like I said, most times it's five or six goal differential that they will issue, um, you know, running clock for the third. Last but not least, uh, ice conditions. I've run into some weird ice conditions here this year. I don't know what the situation is, uh, but we found holes on the ice. Um, So, again, address those. Got to get the rink management involved. Again, it's just more of a liability safety issue. I had a board that was protruding out, and I could just see somebody's sweater getting caught or whatever. Uh, fortunately, we were able to address that with the rink staff, and they came out quickly and addressed it and some of the other stuff. But, you know, don't kind of ignore it because it can end up either injuring you or, or injuring one of the players um, if the rink conditions aren't appropriate. Also, on social media, I saw some other stuff. I'm going to do another cast um, here probably in the next few days. It's late November now. We're starting to get, you know, churn into the season. Tournaments I see are starting. Uh, I'm going to be sidelined for a couple of weeks for a minor uh, medical thing. I'm not going to be able to do a couple of tournaments, but I'll be back at it after the Christmas holiday, January and February, when things are really hot and going on in the hockey world. Uh, But I wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. We'll be coming back with another podcast with some social media stuff and situations that I saw on social media. Free to email me at uh, topshelftalks at yahoo.com if there's anything you'd like uh, for us to talk about. 
or any subjects that are, or situations that you have experienced out there. Uh, if you want to be a guest on our show, I'm happy to have you. Just again, email me at topshelftalks at yahoo.com and we'll make arrangements to come on the show. Again, I appreciate it. Everybody have a great uh, holiday and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.